Welcome into the Monday edition of the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. Carolyn Gonzalez here with Todd Graffanini, who is subbing in for John DeShager, who took a vet day on us. Uh, no, just kidding. He got jury duty this week. He got pulled in. They finally got him. The man got him, Todd. He was pulled in by the man. J.D. will be uh, away from us for a while, it appears, but uh, hopefully I can fill his gigantic shoes a little bit a little bit of a he does have big feet um no just kidding Todd we're happy to have you on the show today uh Todd it was a pretty special night for you last night the Saints got to practice at Tulane's Yulman Stadium which is the house that Graf built uh you know you've worked at Tulane for many years how long was it well 27 doing baseball and uh the last 12 doing football and basketball so yeah I've, uh, so basically the house I, that I pretty Graf much built. know the lay of the land over there how was it being back? It was awesome. Uh, got to see a lot of old friends, obviously, and and uh, just you know, I I always liked it when the Saints went to Yulman to practice on the Tulane side of things because you would see people in the stadium, and we had twelve thousand there last mm-hmm. night, but you'd see people in there that obviously had never been to Tulane games, so they could walk in and see, wow, this is a really cool place maybe possibly to watch a football game in the future. So uh, I just think it benefits both. And and that's really the good thing. But, you know, to sit up in my old radio booth and and watch the Saints uh, practice with the with the light shining off the gold helmets. I mean, you don't see that very often. So it was it was it was great to be back. And and it was good to see the Saints get some good work in. It's got to be cool for you to see kind of everything come full circle. I mean, you've dedicated so much time to Tulane. And now, you know, we've seen a million people come up to you and say congratulations. And, uh, and you've been a Saints fan for such a, a long time. And now, you know, now you're working for the Saints, but you're back at Tulane. So you're getting to see all the same faces and people that that you've spent so many years with, so it's got to be a fun experience yeah, for you. So it, congratulations yeah. to you for spending so long there awesome. and, it was and getting awesome. that. So we will speak to uh, Jonathan Vilma a little bit later in the show, Super Bowl champion. Of course, if you're a Saints fan, you got to know who that guy is. Uh, but before that, we'll get into things a little bit. The Saints do practice later today. They'll practice at 320 with the with the night practice last night. I'm sure Coach wanted to give them a little time to rest and recover. I saw a few of them go into the ice bath last night, so uh, needed that, that recovery time. Um, let's Let's get into some of the position battles. We know that this is game week for the Saints, um, and we've we started uh, training camp looking at the center position. But set, now some other positions have developed. So at that center position, who has stood out to you? I mean, I, I think we would both agree it's Eric McCoy, right? But well, McCoy's basically taken all the one reps uh, the last few days. So I, I, we're not going to go out and say that he's got the job mm-hmm. because we have not played a preseason game yet. Right. But as far as practice goes. It appears he has the job, so we'll see what transpires in the next couple of days. But you know, the thing about preseason is a lot of the skill players, especially in the first game, they're probably not going to play. Mm-hmm. But guys on the line, they have to play. Yeah. Uh, and there's only so many, you know, reps that can go around. So I, I would be stunned if McCoy did not take the first snap at center on Friday night against the Vikings. Well, it's guys on the line, and it's also rookies. I mean, let's talk right. about Saquon Hampton. Let's talk about uh, Chauncey Garner-Johnson, you know, those guys that are going to have to show up for this this Saints roster. And, you know, we heard Teron Armstead at the beginning of the year say, you know, we're not just going to give these jobs to these guys. They're going to have to earn it, and they're going to be the best person for the job. And if not, you know, we're not going to play them. So it's an opportunity for these guys to really show what they're about. You know how you – catch the coach's eyes you got to make plays right 
And Saquon Hampton, the last two practices, had made a play. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had a very, very nice interception against Teddy Bridgewater on Saturday. And then yesterday picked off Drew Brees uh, at the goal line and that long pass to Jared Cook. So that's how you get noticed. Uh, it, it, even if you're doing things in the in the games themselves, it's the practice, it's the work, the 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 stuff that really nobody gets to see. Of course, those coaches are perusing the film uh, after it's all said and done. But that's how you get in, and uh, hopefully those younger guys can continue to do it. I think we've seen a lot of the younger guys, Caroline, make plays at some point yep. during camp. So that's a that's a good thing. Uh, you want your your rookies and your second year guys to to continue to to do things that that are maybe going to spell vets at at some point because like I said there's a lot of reps to go around during these preseason games because those veterans aren't going to play a whole lot and to your point the younger guys you know we already covered Eric McCoy we covered you know the uh, Saquon Hampton and Chauncey Garner Johnson but Let's you know Eric McCoy isn't going to be one of those guys that he's not going to be scoring touchdowns. He's not going to make any. He's not going to catch an interception. He's not going to make those plays that necessarily stand out. But he's holding his own. You know he's he's holding his own on the the line. He's doing a great job protecting Drew Brees. So I think if he can continue to do that, we've already heard. I heard from Deuce McAllister the other day. He has the stature of a starting center in the NFL. So that's fine. He doesn't need to build anything. I mean, it would help if he did, but he just needs to learn the technique. He needs to learn the terminology. Well, you know, we were talking about JD's big shoes, but <laughs> McCoy's got big shoes to fill right. Max Unger. I yep. mean, that guy was outstanding for many years here, and center is not the type of position you go, hey, here, here you go, kid, you know, get it done. Uh, I think it is important that he's got two vets around him, mm-hmm. uh, Warford and, and Pete. So that and will help, and yep. Armstead as yep. well. But I'm talking about to oh, his immediate right, right and left. Uh, so, yes. Like I said, we're going to see mm-hmm. on Friday and, and in the ensuing preseason games. Everybody kind of, ah, preseason, we don't need it. Well, you do need it. Yep. You do need it. Those coaches need it, and those players that are trying to make teams need it. Especially for these receivers. I mean, you talk about Jared Cook, uh, tight end, who hasn't played a snap with the Saints yet. We're going to be hopefully seeing some from him this preseason. Uh, we already know he can play, but maybe you know adjusting to the playbook a little bit. And then when you talk about the receivers, I mean, Emmanuel Butler is a guy that stood out early in this camp. Uh, we don't know his status going into this week, but other receivers who have stood out, Traquan Smith, another guy who stood out last night at Tulane. Uh, so we're looking for those receivers to kind of stand out this week as well. Yeah, um, you just got to see somebody other than Michael Thomas do things. And look, Traquan had a really good camp last year mm-hmm. and started out quickly in the regular season and then kind of faded uh, towards the middle and the end of the year. Can he step up his game again and – continue the consistency that we saw from him early in the season. I think this is a huge stretch for him just to kind of get integrated uh, back into the office, uh, into the offense where, again, you don't want to see Breeze throwing a 13 Mm -hmm. every single time. You've got to have other options now. There's no question that Jared Cook is going to fit in very, very well with this offense. They, Breeze and Cook look like they've been playing together yep. for years. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a very good thing. He's got to have other options when I'm talking about Breeze. It starts with Smith, and we'll see what some of the younger guys are doing as well. It, you know, we talked about it. At some point in camp, each of the receivers has made a play. Mm-hmm. So can they continue to do it? And I know I'm being a broken record here, but that's what the preseason games are for. That's what these, this training camp is for, to see 
if they can step it up. I think it's making those plays, but it's making those plays consistently. You know, you don't, anyone can have one catch, but are you making catch after catch and knowing your position as soon as, you know, coach calls out the play? Are you running out there to your spot and knowing exactly where you need to be? Well, that's the disappointing thing about Emmanuel Butler not being out here now for a week because he was without question the guy that opened everybody's eyes in the first week of camp. But we haven't seen him. Right. He hasn't even been out there stretching or anything. So hopefully he's okay. Uh, you wonder what the coaches are, are thinking about, of course, the training staff, uh, whether or when he is going to come back out on the field. So hopefully it's sooner than later. But he looked so good early on. You got to believe if there's any type of you know, hitch in the giddy-up, so to speak, they're going to keep him on ice until he is 100%. Yeah, I'm sure the Saints are excited about him. Well, it is game week. We're finally here, Todd. Yep. Like I said, uh, Friday the Saints will take on the Minnesota Vikings here at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. Uh, what is in store for the Saints this week? I mean, they have practice Wednesday, so we'll probably hear from uh, Drew Brees and Sean Payton, of course, uh, at following practice on Wednesday. And I think they'll just start the install. I don't know if that starts today, game prep starts today, or if it'll start Wednesday. Um, but you, it's look, the first preseason game is usually the most vanilla of them all. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they might game plan just a little bit, but they're not going to show anything defensively. They're not going to show any crazy wrinkles, you wouldn't think. Uh, offensively. Um, now, we have seen in the past uh, defensive coordinators just start blitzing quarterbacks. So you just don't want anybody to take any unnecessary shots, but it might go the other way. But as far as the first preseason game, I don't think you're going to see anything too crazy. And I would not expect to see, you know, a Breeze, a Michael Thomas, and Alvin Kamara. Look, these younger guys have to play. Mm-hmm. And Quite frankly, Caroline, I want to see Teddy Bridgewater play yeah. a half of football, three quarters of football. I think a lot of fans uh, do. You know, and, and see what he can do. And this is a really big preseason for him. You know, Taysom Hill's going to get a lot of snaps as well. But we need to see what Teddy Bridgewater can do as far as playing multiple quarters, maybe starting a couple of games. Uh, who knows how, how long we'll see Breeze in there uh, as the preseason goes. We're not going to see him. Uh, I wouldn't think at all on Friday, but, uh, me personally, again, I want to see what Bridgewater can do. Right. Well, again, it is game week. Uh, will the, the players will have t- off tomorrow on Tuesday. Um, and then they'll come back and practice to a closed practice on Wednesday. That practice is sold out. Uh, not sure what they're doing Wednesday, but of course Friday is, I mean, excuse me, not sure what they're doing Thursday, but Friday is game day. So make sure you head to neworleansaints.com, uh, f- to purchase tickets for that Friday game. Again, Minnesota Vikings, uh, at 7 PM here in this, in the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. Uh, Without further ado, let's go ahead and get to Jonathan Vilma, who will be calling uh, the game on Friday with John Stinchcomb, Joel Myers, and Sean Payton's own Megan Payton. All right, John. Well, we know you've done television work previously, but, you know, this this whole TV thing for the Saints preseason, uh, how much of a difference is it for you, and how much are you looking forward to it? So to answer the second part, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. Um, I'm I'm always excited to go back to New Orleans. It's literally my second home. Every time I go back, it feels like I never left. Uh, as far as the work side, you know, it's, it's um, business as usual. I've done I've called games before for ESPN, um, so I'm not I'm very familiar with it. I'm not too concerned about calling the game. 
Um, I'm actually just more excited to be back with the Saints, be back in New Orleans, um, and then, you know, have fun. It's going to be Stinchcomb and myself, so we played together. We're going to have a lot of fun on there as well. You know, having done this before, what's the preparation like for you? Because, you know, obviously preparing as a player to go against an opponent, I would assume you ramp down the intensity <laughs> a bit when you're just preparing to call a game. But, you know, what's the level of preparation that goes along with it? Yeah, it's very similar to the level of preparation uh, getting ready for a work week or getting ready for a Sunday game. But, you know, the, the difference I'd say now is to be able to – explain what I see on film, what I see in the game, what I see going on and behind the scenes in as uh, a distinct, succinct fashion. And, you know, I hate to say, like, dumb it down, but I, I can talk a different language when I'm with former players, which isn't the same when you're talking to the, a fan base and, and people viewing the game. So just to be able to kind of bring it down a notch, bring down the terminology a notch, and still make it fun and entertaining so the viewer can follow along and keep up and then provide, hopefully I provide some little insight that they didn't know before. No, don't feel bad about saying dumb it down, John. That That's for me. You can dumb it down for me. <laughs> um, but but when you, you have a level of access that the rest of us generally do not have, you'll be able to, you know, when you're on, on, on the premises, you can go to their meeting rooms and you can can find out some intricacies. How do you balance how much you share from that standpoint as, a, as opposed to how much you keep for your own edification? I guess you can't give away everything that you know. Well, I, I try to share about as much as possible um, because that's what keeps, you know, the viewers and the fans interested. So, you know, I try not to keep anything to my for myself unless it's something that a uh, coach or a player, somebody didn't want me to express to the public. So uh, if, if it's anything of that nature, I'd never uh, want to cross those lines and, and lose uh, the player or coach's trust. Uh, but I do want to be credible. So anything I know that I can say, I, I usually try to get out there. John, how did this job come about? Obviously, Stinch has done it for a few years now, and he's so great at the offensive side and now adding you on the broadcast on the defensive side. How did this come about, and what were your thoughts when you, you found out that you'd be working alongside Stinch? So it was it was interesting how it came about. I, I had been to a bunch of the Saints games since I retired, uh, but it was always tough to get down to the Sunday games because of my schedule with ESPN. And so um, I finally was able to get back for a few games last year and then in the playoffs as well. And Greg Bensel and I were talking. Greg Bensel has been a, a big supporter of mine on the ESPN side. He loves what I've been doing uh, as far as the studio work. And he heard me call a game before. I called a... Uh, Miami Hurricanes versus North Carolina Tar Heels. I called that game last year, and he said, you know, you sounded very, very well. You did a great job, and maybe it'd be of interest if you want to do something for the next season. I was like, okay, cool. Sound, sounds great. Um, his Bensel and my agent got in touch. I told my agent that I was interested in doing it, and, you know, that's, that's kind of how the stars align. So, you know, it's just one of those you continue to do good work, and people notice. You know, John, you probably or maybe didn't experience it to a high degree, uh, 
the level of unease and uncertainty that some players can have in preseason. But is that something that you can relate to us because you were in a locker room for a long period of time? You saw, I guess, some of the guys, and maybe it didn't translate uh, much the nervousness that goes along with preseason. But, you know, every year these guys are auditioning for their jobs and their livelihoods. Yeah, you know, I I would try to tell the undrafted, free agent, lower-round pick uh, rookies that came in that you have to keep it as simple as possible because football is really a simple, fun sport. And if it were the linebackers I was talking to, you know, it was as simple as making the tackles, knowing your assignment, and giving maximum effort, right? If you do those things, even if you don't make it with the Saints, you're going to make it somewhere because you're auditioning for all 32 teams. Everyone sees the film. And, you know, same thing on the offensive side of the ball. You know, you can you can make it very simple. And if you keep that mentality throughout training camp and into the preseason game, then you're going to show up. Your body of work is going to show up. And so I try to relay that to a lot of the undrafted rookies or, or lower-round picks because, they could, which is very easy, get caught up in some of the things I would have to worry about, where it's uh, the nuances of the defense, getting ready for our week one opponent and saying, okay, how are we going to uh, put different bodies in different uh, schemes to make sure that we adjust for their star players and all that. Like Those are the things I would have to worry about in preseason and in training camp. And I tell them, don't waste your time with that. You need to focus on showing everybody you're the best linebacker, rookie, undrafted free agent that we have. And even if we don't pick you up, someone else is going to look and say, that guy's pretty good. And he's, he was just practicing on a very good team, so let's pick him up. And so that, that sometimes works, you know, for the most part, guys listen to it. But, you know, it, I can't really empathize for what position they were in because sometimes it's really not even about their play on the field. It just comes down to dollars and cents. Absolutely. Well, the Saints have had a pretty good linebacker core for the last few years now, especially with the additions of guys like Alex Anzalone and namingly this year, Demario Davis. When you saw Demario and the impact he made for the Saints last year, what was kind of going through your head as a as a linebacker yourself? Yeah, extremely instinctive, extremely skilled, extremely aggressive, and I I think the sky's the limit for Demario. Um, I, I think he gets once he gets more and more comfortable in Dennis Allen's, Allen's system, he's going to be that much better. Um, I, I saw what, what I really liked was I saw the improvement from the first part of the season all the way through and then into the playoffs. He was he was a force. He was very very dominant, and that tells me that he is a guy that just needs to get comfortable with the system, get comfortable with the people around him, and then he's going to shine. And so I'm really looking forward to seeing how he does this year, being that he now has a, a feel for the system, a feel for the players, and seeing him perform. Now, John, do you miss the physical part of the game more? Do you miss the camaraderie more? Or do you miss, I guess, the mental chess match that you engaged in weekly more? I definitely, if I have to put it in order, it's going to be camaraderie one, the mental challenge two, and the physicality three. And uh, the camaraderie was what made 
the 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 coming to practice, waking up every day, the just the monotony of the season. That's what made it fun. When uh, you really, we really enjoyed each other, my former teammates on and off the field, and so it made the seasons go by very quickly. We had a lot of fun. Fortunately, we won a lot of games as well. So I do miss that the most. And then the mental chess match. I mean, can't replicate it anywhere else. Uh, having to go against, uh, especially on a Super Bowl run, uh, had to go against Kurt Warner in a divisional round and then Brett Favre in the championship and then Peyton Manning in the Super Bowl. And you're talking about three Hall of Fame quarterbacks and having to go battle with them, mentally battle with them in a chess match. So I, I have yet to find a way to replicate that off the field. So that is something I definitely miss. And then the physicality, I miss it every now and then because just like I hurt people, it hurt me too. So <laughs> I don't really look forward to hurting myself anymore. You talk about that camaraderie that you guys had, and it seems like the Saints have continued to have over the years. I feel like the Saints have always said that they are the one of the most close and tight-knit locker rooms. How do you think that they've been able to sustain that camaraderie, that uh, that closeness? Is it something that Sean Payton implements, the coaching staff, or is it just like veteran guys coming in year after year and, and breeding that close-knit team? Uh, it is a combination of Sean, Mickey, scouting directors, making sure that they do a deep dive, not into just the talent of the players, but the personalities, the characteristics, what makes them tick. Because it, you can have a bunch of really good players, but if there is no cohesion, if there is no bond between the players, then it's going to show up on the field. And unfortunately, not in a, in a, in a negative way, it's going to show up. So Sean had always done, Sean and Mickey had always done a really good job of not only finding the best players, but the best character players, the guys that are going to mesh, the guys that are competitive, the guys that want to have fun off the field and on the field. They know when to kind of flip the switch, so to speak. And it always shows up. It shows up when you see a team fighting their butts off to win games. They're fighting for each other. Then they're obviously winning a ton of games. And then we've seen all the social media stuff when they're in the locker room having fun. I mean, frankly, I'm a little jealous of that, that we didn't have that, that social media back then to do it because it looks like they're having a ton of fun with each other. We can always ask Teddy to teach you that little bike life dance, John, so you can you know, get, you, get, the, get those <laughs> yeah, knees. I watched it. I'm a teacher. Yeah, I, teach I watched it. it four or five times. That was awesome. Yeah, get those knees right. You um, just from the outside looking in, and I guess you don't, you're not in the locker room every day. But I guess assess the Saints. It is early, obviously, but can you assess them for us right now? Do they look like a team? I mean, we we know what the pundits say, but they do they look like a team uh, that can take it all the way? Oh, no doubt. I mean, the team, the roster didn't turn over too much. Um, you have your best players back. You frankly have a lot of your best players in their prime. You know, I, you can argue that Drew is in his prime, right? Even though he's supposed to be far out of his prime. So you, you have a very good nucleus, a very good foundation, and guys that are frankly used to winning. You know, you go back to last year, getting robbed in the NFC Championship game. The you know the horrible play at the end of the game the year the year before in the divisional round. So you're, you're talking about a team 
that has developed a culture of winning and success. So, you know, when I, I always remember when we had that culture and we were winning, when we were losing, it, it was so foreign to us that we would do anything we can and fight as hard as we could to try and win because that's what we know. So that's what you're going to see from this team that even if there is a rough patch of, you know, uh, a two and two start or win a game, lose a game, whatever happens, they are built and men mentally geared towards winning. And so eventually you'll see the five, six game win streak and the win start to pile on. And of course they have the talent to take it all the way. Hopefully we see a lot of that winning here this year. John, thanks so much for joining us today. Uh, we look forward to hearing from you, Stinch, Megan, Joel, the whole crew on August 9th. All right. Sounds good, guys. I appreciate it. Thanks again to Super Bowl champion Jonathan Vilma for joining us on the show. Can't wait to hear from him on Friday, along with John Stinchcomb, Joel Myers, and Megan Payton. Uh, don't forget this week, the Saints do practice on Wednesday, so catch the CST show with myself and Todd Graffinini as John DeShazer continues to extend his vet days. Uh, also check out NewOrleansSaints.com for interviews, highlights, and much, much more following Wednesday's practice. Uh, again, the Saints are off Tuesday, and they will return to the Oshner Sports Performance Center on Wednesday to a sold-out practice. Again, last reminder, if you'd like to purchase tickets for the game on Friday, head to NewOrleansSaints.com. There's an easy uh, ticket link right there at the top of the screen, so make sure you follow along. Uh, for Todd Graffinini and Caroline Gonzalez, we'll talk to you again Wednesday. Thanks for listening in.